Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Kim Constable. Welcome to the Kim Constable podcast. Nobody cares. Work a little harder. What are we going to talk about this week? We are going to talk about um, hiring, actually. And you're like, okay, Kim, really? Hiring? Going to talk about hiring? Yes, we're going to talk about hiring. And I'll tell you why we're going to talk about hiring, specifically hiring within your business. Because as you all know, I have built this wonderful multi-million dollar company in a very short space of time. And the only reason why I have been able to build this wonderful multi-million dollar company, actually, we're just launching our third company at the end of this month, um, is directly due to the absolutely fantabulous team that I have working for me, that I have managed to hire and find and nurture and love and work so, so, so well with. And so today I want to give a little shout out to all of my team. Yep, you know who you are. I think everybody, well, not everybody actually, but many of them do listen to this podcast. So just want to say how wonderful you all are. But also I thought today, because I do get asked an awful lot, Kim, how have you managed to build such a freaking epic team? I thought, well, today let's talk about it because I do actually use a very specific formula for hiring people within the business. And even if you don't have a business and you aren't hiring people, still listen in because I'm going to teach you a strategy that's going to absolutely rock your world and change your life and that you can use anywhere. You don't even need to be an employer or hiring someone. So before we get into the content, let me tell you that we are nearing the end of November 2020. And it's still you, there's still time to leave a review of the podcast to win one of our epic Sculpted Vegan programs. All you have to do is leave a review. Uh, I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. All you have to do is leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast and then take a screenshot of the review and send it to me as a direct message on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at the sculpted vegan and you could be in with a chance of winning one of our epic programs and we will be drawing the winner at the start of December and announcing it on the podcast. Okay, so let's get into the content this week. So hiring people, right? Whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you have your own business, whether you don't have your own business, at some point in your life, you may have to make a decision as to whether or not you're either going to go into business with someone or whether you are going to um, hire them or whether you're going to partner with them. Or, I mean, you know, we mostly, not mostly, but most of us in our lives at some point have partnered with somebody, whether it be a romantic partner, whether it be, you know, a business partner, whether it be a friend, whether it be in a sports field or whatever. And quite often we don't know if this person that we're partnering with, you know, is our kind of person or whether we're going to get on with them. So the strategy that I'm going to teach you today, you're going to be able to utilize absolutely everywhere, especially if you are hiring a team. And I just know that you're absolutely and utterly going to love it. So, well, let me tell you first where I started building my team and where I realized inadvertently that I naturally used this skill. And I didn't even know that I used it. I just, it was in there somewhere. And one day I realized that I have it and I didn't even try to develop it. It just seemed to be there. So here's what happened. Whenever I first started The Sculpted Vegan, I needed a um, website built. Actually, you know what? That's not true. So before The Sculpted Vegan, actually, so you know what? I'm completely and utterly bastardizing this story. So let me go back and start again. <laughs> Whenever, um, one day my my stepdad, he was around at the house and um, and you'll understand why I got confused in a second, by the way. So my stepdad was around at the house and he was talking about, uh, he had just started a new business, right? He just started a vape shop and or actually a, a series of vape shops. You know, vaping is quite big here in Northern Ireland. I'm not sure whether it's big in the States. So people aren't smoking cigarettes anymore. They're, they're vaping. So he uh, started a vape shop and he said to me one day, he said, oh, I really need to get a website built. And I said, I'll get you a website built. I said, I've, you know, I had just started internet marketing. Well, I hadn't just started been in internet marketing for a long time, trying and feeling to grow businesses. As many of you who listen to this regularly will know the story. And I said to him, I will get you a website built. I said, just tell me what you need and, you know, and we'll, we'll figure it out. And he said, well, I really just need a website, you know, that just tells people where the, where they can find the shop and, you know, they're going to go and look on, look for it online. So I just need people to know where we are and just a wee bit of information. I said, do you want to sell any products or anything? And he said, no, no, I don't want to sell any products, you know, online. I want them to go to the shop for that. But, you know, I just want them to know where they can find the shop and a wee bit more information about it and all the rest of it. So I said, okay, fantastic. 
I said, leave it with me. And I said, I will get you a really cheap website done. And he said, well, just let me know how much it is. And I said, don't worry, I'm sure. I said, I promise you, you know, most people think whenever they get a website done that it's going to cost them hundreds and hundreds of pounds. But that's really not true because you can go onto a website like People Per Hour, um, peopleperhour.com or Upwork, or I'm sure there's loads of other ones. And you can literally bootstrap your business from the ground up or you can get really cheap websites or graphics or sales pages, whatever done, you know, on this website if you don't have the money to hire a team. So I went on to the website and I put up a job saying, you know, website needed built. Sorry, I'm pulling my leg up underneath me here in my yoga chair, getting comfy. Um, I put a job up on the website saying that I needed a uh, website built. And I was very specific and I said, I'd say four page website. There's going to be a home page, an about page, you know, a contact us page and, you know, a products page or something. Or I think it was like a resources page where they could write blogs or upload, you know, videos or whatever. So I put this up as a job and I was specific as, you know, in the description, I said it's for a company called Port Vapes and it's a new business. And I didn't give any more information other than I will provide the content, you know, the written words. I thought, well, I'll do all that. You know, once I find someone, I'll, you know, write all the content for the about page and the homepage. But I just wanted to get a couple of quotes. So I put this up, I think it was on a Friday or put it up on a Thursday, I think it was, at the job. And so whenever I opened my computer on Friday morning, I had loads and loads of different, you know, um, people had applied to build the website for me. And we had quotes anywhere from 50 pounds was the cheapest, right up to, I think, like four or five or hundred or a thousand pounds or something, you know, really expensive ones. And I knew that I did not need an, a thousand pound website. I just needed, you know, something small and cheap and easy. And I was expecting someone from India or whatever to come in and quote for it, which many people did. So the cheapest quote was 50 pounds. And then the next cheapest quote was 80 pounds. And so I looked at the 50 pound one and I read what the guy had wrote and I thought, well, 50 quid, like that's kind of, you know, it's actually cheaper than I expected. I was maybe thinking 60 to 80. I think I had about 80 in my mind um, I could have got it for. And then the next quote was, you know, for 80 pounds. Whenever I clicked on it, I saw that the guy was from, he was local. He was from a town called Antrim, which is about 20 minutes from Belfast. And I was like, oh, somebody local. I've never seen someone local on people per hour. They're normally, you know, all over the world, America, India whatever. So I clicked on it and I looked and I thought, hmm, that's an extra 30 quid. Do I really want to spend an extra 30 quid? Because I thought this was just going to be a one-off transaction. I was never going to, you know, need this guy again. But I did think, well, what if he turns out to be good? Or what if, you know, I need to ask him questions or whatever? It would be handy to have someone on my own time zone, not in India, you know, where we have to work around time zones or whatever. So I thought, like, I'll just spend the extra 30 quid. I'll go with this guy and, you know, and we'll get the website done. So normally what happens whenever you uh, hire someone to do a website on the likes of Upwork is you will, or not on Upwork, sorry, on people per, hour, people per hour, you will accept the quote that they've given you and then that will put the money in escrow. So that will load the money into escrow. And then once the money goes into escrow, um, you they will then do the job. And then once they've done the job, the money will be released to them, you know, if the job is satisfactory. So it was a Friday afternoon whenever I made the decision. I thought, right, I'll go with this guy here. And I clicked to accept his proposal. And I thought, you know, what'll happen next is he will write to me because I've I, I had loads of websites built before. So I thought he will write to me and he will say, thanks so much for accepting my bid. Um, you know, could you please send me through all of the content and the information and some examples of websites that you like and colors and that kind of stuff. And normally they want you to, you know, obviously give them direction as to what, you know, what kind of thing you want. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll accept it now. And then he, the next thing is he'll write to me some, probably sometime over the weekend and I'll send him all this information on Monday. So I closed the computer and I, you know, went away or whatever, Friday afternoon, probably had a gin and tonic. And then the next morning I decided to open the computer and check my emails. And I opened the computer and I had an email from this guy that I had hired. And he said, thank you so much for accepting my bid. Here is your finished website. And I was like, what? Like, I mean, here is my finished website. Like, I was like, is he joking? What do you mean the finished website? I haven't given him anything. How can he, how can he have finished a website? So I was really curious as to how the hell this guy had created a website out of nothing. And I clicked on the link that he had sent me and he had built this website on a, on a, you know, obviously on a server that he owned where he, you know, built websites before then they were transferred to the customer server. And it was absolutely stunning. And what this guy had done was he had gone to 
my he had, he had seen that I had said the company was called Port Vapes. He had gone to my dad's Facebook page and he had taken the logo from the Facebook page. He had taken the location of the shop. He had lifted the the whatever was written and the description on the Facebook page. And he had taken some stock images of people, you know, vaping and smoke and different things. And he had created this beautiful, crisp, clean website, this beautiful, crisp, clean website out of literally out of nothing. And he had just put some, you know, dummy content on there, you know, lorem ipsum dipsum or whatever they put on, you know, that kind of, because he didn't, there was a lot of content, obviously, that he didn't know what to write and stuff on the homepage. But as far as he could, he had finished that website. I was absolutely and utterly stunned. I was blown away. And I thought, oh my God, this guy is a unicorn. Now, let me tell you why this guy was a unicorn. He was a unicorn because not only did he show me that he was resourceful, but he also showed me that he could work off his own bat. He could go to my dad's Facebook page. He could find all the information that he needed in order to build this website. He was confident in his ability to do so. But the fact that he didn't ask me for any data or anything that I liked or any colors showed me that he was an extremely um, confident and talented designer. But not only was he a confident and talented designer, he was also a developer. And let me tell you, those guys are like hen's teeth. Normally, someone can develop a website, i.e. can build a website and code it and all that kind of stuff, but they're not a great designer. Most people have to hire a design company to design all their packaging and their branding and their logos and their website. And then that goes to a developer and the developer will take all that and then they will build out the website. So normally you have to hire two. This guy was not only a supremely talented designer, he was also a developer. And I thought, I am never letting this guy go. And three years later, this guy that I'm talking about is Alan Rudd, who is now my director of design and development in, my, in all my companies and has literally built the company from the ground up. Now, here's why I'm telling you this story. He's helped me build this company from the ground up. Here is why I'm telling you this story. Because in order to hire good people, you need to first understand yourself. You need to understand yourself and you need to then understand other. The only way you can fully, truly understand other is when you first understand yourself. You need to know what makes you angry. You need to know what makes you sad, what makes you happy. How did you react to a certain situation? You need to be able to slow down your process and really figure out what it is that makes you tick, what it is that makes you uniquely you. And whenever you know yourself so well to such an incredible depth, you can then try on and understand other people and you can hire the best people and you can surround yourself with the best team and you can really see who people are by their actions and by their words, which aren't the actions or which aren't the words that they are using to describe themselves. Because let me tell you something, people are liars and they don't mean to be liars, but many people are not how they describe themselves. Now, I'm going to caveat this by saying, I'm going to tell you in a minute that people actually are how they describe themselves, but um, which is something different. But what I want you to know is many people present their best front and they will say, oh yeah, I'm the kind of person who does this and the kind of person who does this and I'm really conscientious and I'm really organized and I'm really whatever. And so if you're a really conscientious and organized and, you know, time sensitive person who, you know, who really gives their all to a job and does the best that they can possibly do, then you're going to look at this person who's describing themselves in this way and you're going to say, oh yes, this person is like me. But that person may not be like you, because someone who describes themselves as conscientious, organized, and, you know, and re really sensitive to time or timekeeping may consider being five minutes late, being on time. I used to have a friend like this. I remember her saying to me once, you know, I remember she was constantly late. And I said to her once, you know, can you, why could you not just please be on time? And she said, I was on time. And I said, you were 10 minutes late. And she went, is that not on time? And I went, no, that's, ten, you were 10 minutes late. And she said, 
but to me, that is on time. And I was just like, oh my God, we have such different perceptions of what being on time actually means. But what you need to understand, first of all, is you have to understand yourself really, really, really well. And when you understand yourself really, really well, then you can understand other people. Now, the reason why I I said to myself in that moment, I am never letting this guy go when I was talking about Alan was because I recognized in Alan a kindred spirit, a kindred spirit. I recognized in him the kind of person who had an enormously strong work ethic. Like I said, a real confidence in his ability, but also a confidence to be able to just go out and do a fantastic job and then give me a finished website without asking for any direction. And that's exactly the kind of person that I loved to surround myself with because I am that kind of person. And I am a very resourceful, very strong-minded and I'm going to say a very talented person. I don't mean to, you know, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet here, but I have achieved an enormous amount in my life. And I know that I am this kind of person who, who is this way. So I know that if I find other people who are like me, that they are going to be really, really, really hard workers and have really great intent. And they are going to, you know, I'm going to team really, really well with these people. So Alan and I started working together and he helped me to, you know, build the company and whatever. And eventually I just hired him as a freelancer and I just started working with him as a freelancer. And then eventually I like, you know, cajoled and wheedled and, you know, and asked him, would he please, please, please come over and work full time? And then he eventually he agreed. But actually, um, that's another thing I actually just want to say before I move on to why this is important is that uh, the people that I hire, every single person that I have hired in my company was a freelancer, not every single person actually, but, but all of my key people, all of my directors were freelancers before they came to work for the company. And the reason why this is important is because if someone is a freelancer, it shows that they understand the nature of cause and effect. They're not an employee. They don't have an employee mindset. They have a an entrepreneurial mindset where they have gone out on their own. They have risked. They have taken on clients. They've understood what it means to do a really good job and then be rewarded financially for it. And their time isn't linked, the time they work isn't linked to the amount of money that they earn. They know that if they do a better job and if they get more skills, they can they can charge more money. And so they understand that relationship in a way that an employee never, ever, ever will. So that's why it's, it was really hard to persuade um, all of my, my top directors um, Jamie, Mark, and Alan, actually, the three of them to come over to, to, you know, to work for me full time to devote all of their time to me was simply because they were so good at what they did as, as freelancers. And they had to really, truly understand, you know, and trust, not even understand, they had to truly trust me that I wasn't going to clip their wings and, you know, and take away the very thing that they had loved about being um, a freelancer being an entrepreneur, which I've always been very, very careful not to do, but I'm going to talk about that again in a wee second. So here's what you have to understand from what I was saying. So projection is something that every single person should learn because projection, when you learn it, will literally transform your life. Now, what is projection? Projection is where I look at you displaying a certain behavior or saying something or acting in a certain way. And I imagine what must be going on inside of you or what you must be thinking or feeling in order for you to act that way. So I make an assumption based on my own experience as to what you must be thinking or feeling in order to be that way. So if I am the kind of person who lies, then I assume that everybody lies because I am a liar. So I'll say, you know, um, oh, that person's lying. And you'll go, no, they're not. And I'll go, yeah, they must be lying. And you'll say, there's no way that they're lying. Have you ever had this conversation with your uh, with your spouse or, you know, with someone close to you, whatever? Ryan and I used to have these conversations. So we would be watching, um, say, I'm, in fact, not we would be. It happened once. We were watching like Britain's Got Talent or something. And there were two people on the stage and they were going to announce the winner. And these two people are holding hands and they're the last two in the competition. And they're like, and the winner is... And they announced the winner and the winner's name. And the person who had lost turned to the person who had won and gave them a great big hug and patted them on the back and smiled and said, well done, congratulations. And now, of course, that person would, would have been feeling sad inside. But I imagine that, you know, they've gone through this experience together. They have, you know, they've struggled, they've toiled, they've had all the emotions. So although they would be disappointed, they would also still be pleased for the other person who I'm sure they have built a relationship with over the course of, you know, Britain's Got Talent or this show that they've been recording. So we're sitting watching Britain's Got Talent. And Ryan goes, oh, that really pisses me off. And I went, what pisses you off? And he goes, whenever the second person pretends to be happy for the winner. 
And I went, the runner up pretends to be happy for the winner. And I went, no, they're not pretending. They're just, that person's genuinely happy for that person. And, and he went, no, they're not. That's all a show. That's just all a show for the camera. There's no way inside that's eating them up. And I went, no, 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 Ryan, definitely not. That runner up is really, they're really happy with that person. And then I went, oh, listen to us projecting all over them. And I went, you're, I said, you're projecting that they're a liar and I'm projecting that they're not. And I was like, and then I was like, so that means that you lie. Now, listen, we all lie, but Ryan definitely, as a man, has a much more prideful image. He's much more concerned about, you know, the public face and what people think of him. And he will he will have his public image, which he wants people to believe about him and all those kinds of things. Whereas I'm just like, fucking take me as you come. You know, I'm as shallow as a puddle. There's what you see is what you get. There's really no back doors with me. I never portray myself as one way and then act as another. I am very, very, very consistent. My behavior matches my beliefs. And therefore, I consider myself to be very integrated and someone you can someone is considered integrated whenever their behavior matches their beliefs so i believe this thing or i believe i am this way and i act this way so i believe this thing and i act this thing if if i'm if i'm say i'm happy for you if i act like i'm happy for you then i'm happy for you if i if i if i'm acting if i don't feel happy for you in the inside i will not act like i'm happy for you whereas i don't portray this public image but ryan ryan does and many men do many people do actually most people are liars i'll tell you that now they they pretend to be one way when they're actually feeling a different way on the inside so that was a projection ryan and i both projected onto the runner-up. I was projecting good intent. He was projecting bad intent. He was projecting this person was lying and pretending. And I was projecting that they absolutely weren't. Now, we don't know. We actually truly don't know how this person felt, whether they were happy or they weren't happy, because all we could, all we would have is our own projection. And so that is, that is what projection is. It is, I see you acting a certain way, saying a certain thing, being a certain way. And I say, oh, that person is doing that because of such and such. The minute someone says to you, that person is doing that because, pay attention, because they are telling you how they do the world. And if this person is close to you, you want to know how they do the world because they are giving you information about themselves that you wouldn't normally have or that they wouldn't normally tell you or they wouldn't normally want you to know. So you become very, very, very good at, at, at sussing people out based on their projections. I actually hate teaching people projection because once people truly get this, then they start they start knowing what they're saying and being careful with what they're saying. I love to hear people's projections, especially when they come to work for me, um, because they truly don't know what they're telling me. And I'm like, oh, I understand exactly who you are now through your projections. So, um, but where did I first learn about projection? I first learned about projection in a training course I took years ago actually. And I first, you know, I heard about, it was an NLP training course and, and I, I, we learned about, you know, people who were visual and people who were digital and people who were auditory digital and took in information in different ways. And we talked about, you know, how people retain, take in and retain information and how they project information. But then we also learned about projection. And once then, once I learned about projection, I went off studying it. It's a, it's a, actually a term in psychology, but truly many people don't actually really understand projection and what it is. But when you really study it and then you get to know yourself and you truly get to know yourself and you get to know your own projections. And that is the key. You have to get to know your own projections first. Every time you find yourself making an assumption about something or someone, you are projecting. And when you truly get to know your own projections, that's when you can understand other people's. And I remember I was interviewing somebody um, about 18 months ago for a position in the company. And whenever I'm interviewing people, I always ask them to project without them even knowing that they're projecting, right? So I'll ask them something like, you know, uh, what's the best job you've ever had? What's the worst job you've ever had? Because if you ask someone what's the best job they've ever had and they tell you, you know, the best job, and then I say, well, why did you love it so much? Well, whenever they tell you why they loved it so much, they're telling you a huge amount about the things that they like about themselves and they enjoy doing. And then when you ask someone, well, what is, you know, what do you not love about, you know, what was the worst job you've ever had and why was it the worst? And you dig a little deeper, then they're projecting, they're giving you all of the things that they don't like. And then you'll know very quickly whether or not they're going to fit in with your company or not, because you're going to go, well, that's exactly what I'm going to ask this person to do within this company. And so they're not the kind of person who likes to put themselves out or they're not the kind of person who, you know, they're lazy or if they're like, oh my God, it was just far too much work. Really didn't enjoy that thing that I had to do. It was just like, you know, I like I wasn't prepared to, you know, put myself out in that way. They were constantly asking me to put myself out or work later or whatever. I'm like, well, you're not going to do well in this company because we work all 
all the hours that God sends sometimes in order to get the job done. So anyway, this particular person that I was interviewing, um, I don't know how it came up, but we were telling a story about animals, right? We were talking about dogs. And I was saying, oh, I have a, you know, a, a Boston Terrier Club buddy. And he he said, oh, I have a dog, you know, and he said, uh, but he can be, he goes, he can be a real shit sometimes. Now that's a projection, right? He can be a real shit. I see the dog acting in a certain way and I project that he is being a shit. So I went, oh, really? I said, what do you, what do you mean he can be a shit? And he goes, well, he said there was one day that he, um, that, you know, I came home and he said, you know, honestly, I came home from work and he had shit on my pillow. Or he didn't say shit. I think he said crapped or whatever. He crapped on my pillow and I went, oh my God, on your pillow? And he went, and he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah. And I said, shit, no way. And I said, God, I said, dogs are a nightmare, aren't they? I said, you know, they just have no clue. I said, it was probably a dominant thing. Projection. It was probably a dominant thing. I am the kind of person who is pretty dominant, right? So if I see an act like that, and I know an awful lot about dogs and dog psychology and dogs, you know, in, in you know, going into other people's territories and all that. So I immediately assumed it was a dominant thing. That's a projection. And he goes, oh, no, 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 it wasn't dominance. He meant to do it. And I went, really? I said, oh, what do you, what do you mean? And he said, he meant to do it. He knew exactly what he was doing. He said, that dog was always trying to get one over on me. And he knew exactly what he was doing. He went into my bedroom and he got up on my bed and he shit on my pillow and he knew what he was doing. He just did it to get me. And I went, oh shit, <laughs> this guy is fucking scary. Because you know what that was? That was a projection. Dogs do not know. Dogs do not understand cause and effect. Dogs cannot project into the future and they cannot remember the past. They live in the present. They are stimulus response controlled animals. They will remember a past. They will have a stimulus response built as in like you produce a treat from your pocket and the dog will salivate because it, it understands. It smells, it sees or whatever. It knows you always have treats in your pocket, but it doesn't go, oh, hang on. Yesterday at this exact time, she put her hand in her pocket. Maybe today, she, no, they're stimulus response animals. But this person was projecting bad intent onto his dog, which means he has bad intent. He does things to other people to punish them because his projection was that the dog did it to punish him. The dog wanted to hurt him. And so he acted upon it. And the minute I heard that projection, I was like, great interview over. You are not getting the job. I can never, could never hire someone in my company who projects bad intent onto people because if they project bad intent, that means that they have bad intent. People tell you everything in their projections. Anytime someone says, maybe they are just scared or she's just doing that because X, they are projecting. They are telling you a huge amount about themselves. And you can learn about someone from their projection. You can learn everything about someone from their projections. Everything about someone from their projections. How they talk about other people, how they talk about others' intent, how they talk about, like, if someone says to you, oh, that person's lying, and you go, no, they're not. And they go, yeah, they are. They're fucking lying. They're a bloody liar. There's no, there's no way she did that. Well, what you know about that person is, in that situation, they would lie. And so I never, I love hearing people talk and I love hearing their projections because when they talk and when you hear their projections, you get to know an enormous amount about them. Now, this isn't so you can go, I know all about you. Now I know all about your projections. It's not, it's not like that. It's so that you can work better with people so that you can understand people, especially in, in the context of hiring people in your business or even, you know, being in people, being in relationships with people, whether those are business relationships or personal relationships. You know, I love hearing my husband husband's projections and understand my husband knows a lot. He knows all about projections. But, you know, quite often we speak, especially if we're not that aware, we speak and we project and we don't even know that we're projecting. And so I love listening to people's projections because then I can work better with these people. Because let me tell you, every single human being has good sides and bad sides. Sometimes we have bad intent. I want to punish people sometimes. Sometimes I actually act on it and punish people. I try not to, but sometimes I do. Sometimes I have bad intent, you know, Some, and most of the times I have good intent. And all my projections are about being good and honest and pure and kind because that's the kind of person that I am. But I, you know, 
but sometimes I don't. And so understanding people's projections, especially people you're in relationships with, whether they are working relationships or business relationships or close personal relationships or whatever, is really important so that you can get more out of the relationship. But what you really want to hear from someone before you hire them is, does this person have good intent? Are their projections good? Do they project good intent onto other people? Or do they project bad intent onto other people? Because if they project bad intent onto other people, you do not want to hire that person because they will not be good for your business. You do not want someone in your business who projects bad intent, who punishes, who lies, or who cheats. You know, you do not want that person to work with you because you can bet your bottom dollar that they will do that to you. If they assume other people do it, they do it and they will do it to you. And so people ask me all the time, you know, how have you hired such good people? And the reason why I've hired such good people or how I have hired such good people is because I've listened to their projections. I listen to their projections and I I, I hear how they speak about themselves and I pay attention to the data that they do that they don't use to describe themselves, but that I see is there. So what do I mean by this? Well, there's a, I'll tell you about hiring Jamie. So Jamie is my director of operations and she came to me first. I hired her as um, an infusion soft expert. So I needed someone to move all of my contacts and all of my information over from Aweber, which is an, an email contact, a, a contact management, a CRM, um, it's called, it's like a, a contact management software platform where you would store your, your email addresses of the people who download your programs and your freebies and stuff. And I needed someone to move it from there, from Aweber over to Infusionsoft. So I had downloaded, I had bought Infusionsoft and I had set up a call with someone to teach me how to use Infusionsoft. And then I realized that it was like a fucking matrix and there was no way on God's green earth I was ever going to figure out how to do this. And I sent it to Alan. I was like, Alan, can you figure out how to do this? You know, Alan the unicorn. And he was like, uh, no, I fucking well cannot piss off. This is like way beyond, way beyond my pay scale. And I am not doing this. I was like, damn. Okay. So I'm going to have to find somebody. So I went on to Upwork and I put in Infusionsoft. And of course, what happened on Upwork, this is another uh, site where you can get stuff done, upwork.com. And I went on to Upwork and I started looking through all of the different, um, Infusionsoft experts, if you like. And I I knew that I was looking for someone who's an expert. Um, I never, ever hire the cheapest person. And in fact, I always filter from highest price to lowest price. You know why? Because people who know what they are worth and aren't afraid to charge it will be the most reliable people you can ever hire in your business. Someone who knows what they are worth and is not afraid to charge it is usually extremely trustworthy. They have high self-esteem and they usually have great effort strategies because they're used to putting in effort and getting rewarded for their results. So people who are price shoppers and who look for the cheapest person and then expect, you know, like they buy a mini and expect a Rolls Royce, that is never, ever, ever going to work. You have to understand that for somebody to be confident enough to charge the prices that they that they charge means that they have built self-esteem. Someone with high self-esteem will be a fantastic member of your workforce. Someone with low self-esteem will not. Now, just to go back quickly before we move on to Alan, he was only charging 80 pounds for that website. That's because he had just left his job, which he hated and gone and gone online as a freelancer. And he was just looking to make some money and turn around some quick websites. And the reason why he turned that website around so quickly was simply because he was trying to establish a name for himself. He was trying to get more um, customers on the platform so that he could build up a, you know, a star rating and he could be rated more highly and he could bring in more customers and more people and whatever. So that's that's why Alan had charged so little, right? It wasn't that he was a shitty designer or it's just that he had he needed to build up his reputation on that website. So he was charging little. Thank God that he did because that's how I find him. And now three years down the line, he's my BFF. So um, whenever you, whenever I was hiring Jamie, I put in Infusionsoft and I started to look through the people who had come up. I always filtered from most expensive to least expensive. And the first thing that I look for whenever I'm hiring someone, especially from one of these websites, is I look for the how they have described what they do in the first line. Because somebody who either has described themselves well or 
who has described what they can do for you in the first line usually understands what it is that people are looking for when when they're hiring or they understand themselves very well. But the first line is so important. You should feel from that first line that somebody has written about themselves, you should feel a connection to that person and also their photograph. The photo that someone pastes or puts of themselves online tells you everything about that person. If you react to their photo, you will probably react to that person. If someone puts on a photo of themselves, you know, if if a girl, for example, who's a freelancer on Upwork puts on a photo of themselves and they're giving, and they're all dolled up to the hilt and they're giving you this sly, coy, you know, looking out of the corner of their eye, I'm like, I'm sorry, why would you put a photo like that on, on, on Upwork? Like that to me says, you know, rightly or wrongly, it says, um, poser. See, here I am. I'm projecting again, right? It says poser. It says, you know, I want you to think that I'm beautiful. It says I'm concerned about what people think about me, which is why I've gone to so much effort to look so coy and, and whatever in, the, in these photos. You know, there's so much that a person tells you about their photo. What I want to see in someone I hire is a happy, smiling, genuine, honest face. That's what I want to see. Someone who's not confident enough to put their own photo on Upwork, on a freelance site, I would never hire. I would never hire someone who puts up an image and who, because what that says to me is, you are afraid to be seen. You're afraid to be seen. And someone who is afraid to be seen generally will not work well with me. I need someone who is not hiding behind an image. I need someone who is genuine open and upfront. And if somebody puts up an image that is not them or is an avatar, it means they're hiding and they're afraid to be seen. Now, it doesn't mean that they have bad intent. It just means that there there is something that is hidden about them and they want to either hide a part of themselves from you or they don't want you to genuinely know who they are. Now, like I said, this is not something which is, which which means they have bad intent. It just means you have to be aware that this person has a hidden side to themselves. Honestly, believe me, I have had experience with this many, many times because every theory that I have, I test. I test in the world and I go, okay, I have a theory about this person based on this one piece of data that I got. And now I'm going to test the theory. And my theory is almost always 100% correct. So anyway, I was looking up this uh, Upwork. I saw this photo of this genuine smile, this lovely, warm smile and open face. I was immediately attracted to the photo. And then I read what she had written about herself. And it, she, had, she said, I can take your whatever it was, transfer your data. It was exactly what I was looking for. Uh, you know, in, I am a certified Infusionsoft partner. I can take your data from any other platform and transfer, tra- transfer it to Infusionsoft in, you know, super easy steps, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Bomb. And I clicked on her profile and I read what she'd written about herself in the description. And she was like, I am the kind of person who this and I am the kind of person who that. All of her projections were about being honest, hardworking, upfront and clear, super clear. Her writing was super clear. She was she was warm and friendly in how she wrote. And she was very, very, very clear in her communication. Now, what does that tell me? That tells me this person is not afraid to be seen because the photo was genuine. She looked directly at the camera. She was straight in the camera. It wasn't a highly curated photo. It wasn't like a sly kind of, oh, here's my best photo of myself. It was, you want a photo of me? Here's me. Wasn't afraid to be seen. In the description about herself, the fact that she wrote things that were clear, concise, and descriptive said to me, this person is clear, and concise in her communication. Because how you do everything, how you do something is how you do everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. So she was clear and and concise in her description. She was clear in her photo. She was completely upfront in every way. What she wrote seemed to be extremely, you know, extremely close to what I needed. So I sent her a message. And then this is the next test for me. How quickly do they respond? So I sent her a message and I said, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. Is this something you're able to do? 
I got a response within the hour, even though she was five hours behind me. And this was like 10 a.m. in the morning for me. So it would have been 5 a.m. for her. Within the hour, I got a response saying, hey, Kim, absolutely. This is something I could do for you and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then she, you know, she said, you know, she said, can you tell me exactly what it is you need done? And I told her and then I was like, OK, so here's the next thing. She wrote back quickly. This is the kind of person who responds fast. That's very important to me. So let me go back to the first point that I made is you have to know yourself really, really, really well. I know that I am an impatient person. I need people who respond quickly. I'm not, a, not only that I'm impatient, in my business and in my life, I move so fast. I move fast. That's how I've built the company I've built in three years. I do not hang around. So I need people around me who are not afraid to move fast. And so, and who are responsive and th that's important to them. It's a value to them. Speed and efficiency is a value to them. So I know that about myself. So that's what I look for in other people. So I look for people who are fast responders. She responded quickly. She said to me, and then the next thing I look for is people who are up front, people who evaluate the data and give it to you up front and they don't hide anything and they're not wishy-washy because I will never work well with someone like that because I am so upfront and I need people who will be upfront and honest with me. So I said to her, here's what I need. How much do you think this will be? And she said, I, I approximate that this will take me six hours. My price is, you know, and for this specifically, my price would be $60 an hour. So this is going to cost $360. So I was like, okay, perfect. And she said, it may take longer. She said, if I can do it in a shorter time, I will. It may take longer. It may take up to 10 hours, which means it'll be $600. And I said, okay, great. When can you start? And she said, I can start on this later today. I said, I need it finished in two days, in 48 hours. Is that possible? She said, let me just check on a few things and I'll come straight back to you. I like that again. I was like, great. This is the kind of person who will not over-promise and under-deliver. She will go and, and she will actually go and figure out, can she do this thing for me before she comes back to me? So she went away and then she came back and she said, yes, I'm able to deliver this in 48 hours for you. Are you able to pay, you know, put the money into escrow and I'll get started straight away? I said, 100%. So already she had ticked all the boxes for me. I know that I work well with people who are clear, concise, upfront, that they're not hiding something, that they respond quickly, they act quickly, and they are integrous in their exchange. Boom. Jamie is now the director of operations within my company. She manages my entire operations for every for all my companies. And I've, well, all my companies, I have two, three companies, and we're starting a fourth, actually, if I include Yoga Talks as a company. We're starting a fourth company on the 30th of November, the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen, by the way, uh, just in case you were wondering what it was, launching 30th of November. So uh, my point is that I was able to pinpoint the things that were important to me. I was able to pinpoint the things that are important to um, a good worker, to someone who's going to work well with you and work well within your company. And I was able to make hiring decisions based on that. Because see, whenever someone describes themselves in the likes of Upwork or, you know, any of those websites or even in, in, in their CV, for example, how someone describes themselves is a, is a projection of their best self. So and how someone describes someone else is a projection of their best self. That's why I always ask people, you know, who is, you know, or what was your best job and what was your worst job? And also when interviewing, what I do is I usually ask people to describe their best friend or their best ally. Who would you consider to be your best ally? Who would you consider to be your worst enemy? And why are they your worst enemy? What do you not like about them? Or just think of a person you don't like. Tell me why you don't like that person. What the interviewee is doing is telling you their best side and their worst side. Because what we the behaviors that we see in someone that we don't like are behaviors that we don't like in ourselves. So if I say, oh, I just don't like this person because she's so narcissistic and she's aggressive and she always lies and she never, ever, ever shows up on time and she constantly breaks our appointments, then I go, fucking fantastic, you're hired. Because this person hates breaking appointments, hates people who, you know, does not allow themselves to break appointments, does not allow themselves to be late, does not allow themselves to, you know, let themselves off the hook. They are not lazy. If they if they say they hate this person because they're lazy, this, this means this person is not lazy. <laughs> this person usually is a real go-getter. So I listen to all their projections and then I usually hire based on their projections, not based on the qualifications they have in their CV, but based on their projections. Someone will tell you, you know, all about themselves based on their projections. And quite often, you know, that's why whenever people, whenever I hire in the company, right, and people write, you know, all their qualifications and all of their, you know, they have this and they have this and the X amount of A's and B's and work experience here, work experience there. I never, 
ever look at those things first off, ever. If they're qualified for the job, then, which you can usually tell from their CV, you can glance down and say, oh yes, this person seems to be qualified for the job. Then next thing I do is I look at the description, the cover letter. I look at the, the how they've described themselves. And if somebody does not write, put a cover letter in with a CV, and if somebody does not write a description of themselves, I discard their CV immediately. I don't even glance at it. The first thing I look for is a cover letter. And the first thing I look for is, uh, and then the next thing I look for is how they describe themselves. Because if we write in, we hire, we're hiring quite a lot at the minute. And in the job description, we write, please, in, please, you know, apply for this job and include your CV and a cover letter telling us why you believe you're a good fit for the job. If someone doesn't provide a cover letter, then they have not read the, read the description correctly or either or either they haven't read it or they've just decided they can't be bothered to write a cover letter. If someone can't be bothered, they will not work well in my company. If someone cannot read instructions and follow them, they will not work well in my company. So immediately I discard them. I discard them based on those two criteria because if they can't even get over the first hurdle, they are not going to work well with me. But then the next thing that I do whenever I hire is I, I look at how they describe themselves. So Christina, my assistant, um, whenever she applied for the job, I remember I got her CV and I got I had like 50 or something applicants for uh, a new executive position job, executive executive assistant job. Now, at the time, I thought I was going to hire an intern and I had the uh, so I had a, quite a, a low salary advertised for the job because I thought I was going to hire an, a, an assistant who was an intern. I thought, let's just get an intern, someone who's, you know, can grow with the company. But also I knew that times were tough, right? As in like people were looking for jobs. It was during the whole coronavirus pandemic. And I thought, I'm going to put in a deliberately low salary for this job. And you know why I put in a deliberately low salary for this job? It was like the first test. I wanted to see, was somebody willing to look past the salary, to see that we were a growing company in a, you know, the only company in Northern Ireland doing what we're doing, a growing, a fast growing company who was doing something completely unique in the market. I wondered, would they research me? Would they listen to my podcast? Would they listen to my YouTube videos? And would they think, you know what, this is the kind of company that I would want to look for or that I would want to work for? Would they see this company as an opportunity, because this company is a massive opportunity for somebody to come and work for. And if somebody does not see that opportunity, then they are not right for this business. Somebody, they have to have a greater worldview than being a pencil, pencil pusher, than showing up at nine and leaving at five. This is not a nine to five rule. It never, ever will be because that is not the kind of company that I run and it is not the kind of company that I ever want to run. So when I got Christina's application, the first thing that I noticed was she had been an assistant for 17 years. She had been with, so I immediately went, okay, she has the experience. And then I went, hang on, she's in her 30s and she's, she has been an assistant for 17 years with the same company. And then whenever I looked down, I realized she'd worked for the company since she was 16. So I went, oh, not only does she have the experience, but she has loyalty. She has loyalty and she has staying power because she had been with the same company for 17 years. Immediately, my interest was piqued. And then the third thing I thought was, she has a massive amount of personal assistant experience. She has been personal assistant to the executive director, one of the executive directors of a large company in Belfast. She has been with the same company for 17 years. So why is she applying for this job on such a low salary? So the next thing I said was, oh my God, she actually has foresight. She has foresight to see where this company is going and she's taking a pay cut to come work for this company. So... I got her in for an interview, her and a couple of other people. Um, you know, my instinct is always correct. I, I, Whenever I ignore my instinct, I always make a bad decision. Whenever I go with my instinct, it's always correct. Christina came in for an interview. Uh, sorry, tell me, tell me, but before she came in for an interview, one more thing I noticed about her CV. I, I ignored all of her qualifications, where she'd gone to school. The three things I looked at were she had been an uh, assistant for 17 years. She'd worked at the same company for 17 years. And then I looked at her description of herself and I realized that she ran marathons. She wrote that years ago, she used to be overweight. She realized she was overweight. She didn't want to be overweight anymore. And she started running as a challenge and that she started running marathons. And she had also been skydiving and she had, I can't even remember what else she wrote about herself. She, oh, sorry. Yes, she had run a marathon over lockdown for fun. 
I kid you not. She ran a marathon over lockdown for fun. She also wrote in there that over lockdown, because she'd been on furlough, she had spent the time teaching herself new skills. She had done all these online learning courses and she had used the time productively. And I went, this girl is hired. Before I even met her, I knew that I was going to hire her based on her CV because everything she, how she described herself and how she described the way she was told me an enormous amount about her. She was the kind of person who would run a marathon during lockdown, not just sit in the house and get fat, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that she was a woman after my own heart. She came in for an interview. She sat down. We started talking after about, I would say, 40 minutes of talking where we we literally spoke like we were best friends. I got all her other projections about working, and she is such a hard worker. She is so dedicated. She's so organized. And I just, I heard all this from her projections. And literally after 40 minutes, I said, okay, the job's yours. Do you want it? And she was like, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, yep, job's yours. Do you want it? And she said, yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes, I would love the job. And I said to her, um, what salary? Or I said, you know the salary for the job? She goes, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I said, are you taking a pay cut for the salary? And she said, yeah, yeah, I would. I'd be taking a 50% pay cut. And I said, okay, I'm going to start you on your on your current wage. And she went, you're going to what? I said, I'm going to start you on your current wage. And she said, not the salary that's advertised. I said, no. I said, the fact that you were willing to take the job for that salary, which was 50% of what you're currently getting paid, shows me that you are exactly the kind of person that I need as an executive assistant. And I gave her the job on her current salary, which was double what we had advertised, on that day, and she started on the Monday. And let me tell you, it has been one of the best hiring decisions that I have ever made in my entire life, simply because she is one of the the most incredible people I have ever met. And one of the most efficient, and she makes my life so easy. And I send her messages on a Friday night now when I'm drunk, and I'm like, I love you so much. And she sends back, oh my God, I love you. I love you more. And I'm like, no, no, I love you more. She's like, no, I love you more. And I'm like, she's like, you've totally changed my life, honestly. Like, I never thought that I could be so happy and work. And I'm like, you totally changed my life. I love you so much. Like, you're just like so amazing. And then we're like, what are we like? This is so fucking stupid. Like, then we laugh at each other. You know, she is my soul sister. But fuck me, she does not slack on her job ever. She is incredible. And so that is how I hire. I don't hire, you know, based on qualifications. I don't look at what people write. I don't see what I want to see. I see what's there. And let me tell you something. It is very, very, very hard, but very rewarding whenever you choose to see what's actually there and not what you want to see. Many people are not good at taking in data. But the reason why they're not good at taking in data is because they don't know themselves well enough. I have spent the last 41 years studying me. Why do I do things? Why do I say things? Why do I act that way? Why do I pretend that this doesn't bother me when it does? Why do I get angry? Why do I get sad? Why do I feel this way? What happens if I feel this way and I do this other thing over here? What happens if I don't? What is shame? What is responsibility? What is blame? Why do I feel like blaming people? Why do I feel ashamed at this? Once you start to truly evaluate your own behavior and own it without judgment, without punishment, without an, a, a need to place any kind of, you know, any kind of shame or feeling about it. Once you start to become an observer of your own life and your own behavior and your own patterns and your own habits, you begin to observe others differently. You begin to see what they're actually saying, which is usually different or often different from the words they are offering you. And when people offer you words, you start to listen closely. When someone offers me a statement about themselves or when someone when someone offers advice to me as to why someone else may be acting a certain way, I see it for what it is, a projection of that person. I see it as a deeper understanding of that person. And I use that data to work better with those people, especially better with my team and better with the people who work for me. If I, and I listen closely to how they describe their childhoods and their parents and how they were brought up. And, you know, and anyone who's not willing to discuss that kind of stuff with me will not work well in my company. 
Anyone who hides parts of themselves, anyone who hides or or withholds or ducks and dives, like, you know, quite often we'll still get on and we'll still be able to work together, but it will never be a long-term lasting relationship simply because when someone is committed to hiding a part of themselves, it means that they haven't accepted that part of themselves for themselves. It's shameful or it's scary or something about it means that they have to hide it. And when someone hides a part of themselves, don't be afraid if down the line you find out that they were lying to you in a certain way or they weren't being honest with you about something because if they if you know that they've hidden or held back a part of themselves and then you and then you find out they were honest with you well you already knew that they weren't honest because you knew that they were hiding or holding back a part of themselves and you can't be surprised you'd be like oh of course i should have understood this of course this person was being this way with me but the way that you the way you figure this out is by by first figuring out where you are not honest, where you hold back, where you are, um, where you hide a certain, you know, or or punish a part of yourself. Because knowing yourself really, really, really deeply is the key to figuring out other people. And when you know yourself really deeply and then you figure out other people, you can be more successful in every area of your life. You can have deeper, more meaningful, more purposeful relationships with the people that you love, with your family, with your children, with the people you work with, and you can build bigger and better things in the world. And to go back to why I even started this podcast, it, people ask me all the time, Kim, how did you build your team? How did you find your team? Well, I found them by looking for people who were like me. And then once I'd found them, I treated them like me. I don't punish them. I don't blame them. I give them the freedom to make mistakes and to fail. I never get angry. I, I want them to feel safe and happy and included and and on all of those things that I have craved my entire life, you know, those who listen to this podcast regularly will know that I did have a pretty traumatic upbringing and boarding school and all the rest of it. And so all I ever want is to feel not punished, to feel safe, to feel included, to feel part of a team and to feel like I can just do my best work and it's appreciated and that I'm not going to be, you know, my wings aren't going to be clipped and I'm not going to be, you know, held down through fear or control or all of those things that employers seem to do. They seem to be very, very fearful and they always want to control people who work for them. I, 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 that does not work with me. So I don't do that with my employees. So based on my own projections as to how I like to be worked with and how I like to be managed, that's exactly how I manage my team. So how you manage your team is simply a projection of how you like to be managed. How you treat your husband is a projection of how you like to be treated. How you treat your children is a projection of how you like to be treated. If you love people to buy you gifts, then you will buy gifts for people. If you love to be hugged and kissed and, and told how wonderful you are, then that's how you will show love to others. How we do ourselves is, is how we do something is how we do everything. How, that's how we do the world. And so therefore, and then, and then, and then we assume, and then we wonder why, you know, then we feel rejected. Like, so say you constantly hug your husband because that's how you show love. And he's constantly like, you know, pushing you away because that's not how he shows love. You may feel supremely rejected or you may feel like you can't love him. You know, you're like, I just, I just want to love you. And he's like, well, then, you know, then just tell me how, you know, how much you admire me. And you're like, but I want to hug you. And he's like, but that isn't love for me. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, you know, then there's actually a book called Love Languages, uh, which you should totally read. It's amazing. The Five Languages of Love, Five Love Languages, I think it's called. Ryan and I read it. It's really fantastic. And so um, getting to know yourself, like really, if you just make a commitment, just to wind all this up, right, just to wind it up, you need to make a commitment to get to knowing yourself better. I mean, could I give you resources and books? Yes and no. But this is like, I'm talking like, since I started, I've been on this journey now for, since I was a teenager, I wanted to know myself better. I have literally read countless, countless books. Things like Love Languages. That's a fantastic one. Or the, I can't remember what it's called. The Five Languages of Love. We'll find it and we'll link to it in the show notes. But also... um you know, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. There's another one, Start With Why, Simon Sinek. You know, all of these books that help you have a deep exploration of self. Commit to having a deeper, deeper understanding of self. And when you understand yourself better, you will understand others better because that's just how it goes. You cannot understand in someone else what you have not understood in yourself. If you if you understand yourself, and when you understand yourself on such a deep level, you truly will understand others better and you'll make better decisions. You'll make better decisions in your life, better decisions in your marriages, better decisions in your partners and your business associates. 
you'll, with your kids, you'll make better decisions in every single area of your life. And even the way, do you ever notice how in these podcasts, I always talk about, you know, business, marriage and children. Well, those are the three areas that are really important to me. So I project into the world that there are areas that are important to everybody. So I'll always say, you know, you can build, you can build a better business, you can build a better marriage, you can build a better relationship with your children and your family. Those are the areas that are important to me. That's a projection. I'm projecting those areas out into the world because that's what's important to me. And I'm assuming that that's what's important to you. Now, could I try on other things that may be important to you? Yes, I could. But I'm leaving it up to you to figure out what areas in your life that are important to you. And, um, and just make a practice of committing to get to know yourself better and even listening to these podcasts. Even the fact that you show up every week and you listen to these podcasts shows how committed you are to growing, to being better, to living a better life, to being a better parent, wife, business partner, friend, whatever. This is the first step, but commit to working harder and just watch your life transform as you do it. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Projection is one of my favorite things to teach. And I, like I said, I hate teaching it though, because then everybody goes, that's ah, a projection, that's ah, a projection. And then everyone starts to know these strategies. But if you, um, I would, I would definitely advise that you, you know, read a little more about projection, listen a little, listen to different podcasts or to YouTube videos, or whatever, read books on projection, really, truly understand projection better. If you want to be better in your life, but especially if you want to hire a really good team, understanding projection is truly how you hire a good team and um, how you build better businesses, if that is important to you, or even just how you have better relationships. So guys, don't forget about the podcast giveaway. Screenshot your review. Send it to me at The Sculpted Vegan on Instagram if you want to win one of our amazing programs. And all that is left for me is to say goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. I love you so much. And enjoy the rest of your day and your week. And I will speak to you next week for another episode of the Kim Constable podcast. Bye for now.